as well as a highly requested song, Mary Did You Know by Regina and Daryl. So if you hadn't heard that before, you're in for a treat. Man, like Larnell Harris and Sandy Patty, man, I tell you what. Man, they, they are jamming out. So they, uh, it's going to be beautiful. We're also going to have the Christmas story. I'll, have, I'll be reading the Christmas story to you, but I'll have live music. Well, not live music, it's recorded music, but it's music and also video behind me. And it's really, it's really a cool time to do that. And then we'll have uh, some candlelight, and then we'll have Christmas uh, cookies in the back. And if you, if you want to sign up for that, you can do that up front today. And then Santa Claus will be here too. So please make sure and tell your friends and neighbors to come. It'll, it won't take, we'll be here in and out probably in an hour or less as far as this part. If they, once you want to go to the cookie reception, you can stay a little bit longer. But we want you to come and, and be a part of that. And um, so please come this Thursday night at 7 o'clock to the Christmas Eve Eve service. Um, and um, go ahead and be praying about the 100 days to glory. I think that's just really going to really bless our church, transform our church, and be a blessing to us. Um, Christmas is just amazing. Good, good things happen at Christmas because the Christmas spirit, you know, you, know, you notice in most cases, you know, like today, the Christmas spirit's high. The kids come in, everybody's excited. Man, they did such a wonderful job. I'm so proud of them. You know, you can always find a good deal, you know, at Christmas, at Black Friday and in the Christmas season. Um, family gatherings, you get together. Those are sometimes good, sometimes bad, I guess, based on, you know, what's going on in the family dynamic. You know, there's lots of eating. No matter where you go, good or bad, you're going to eat a lot, right? Uh, there's always lots of food. And in the, whole wor- the whole world gives at Christmas. It's, it's a, a time where the whole world gives. Everybody has generosity at Christmas in, in, mo- in most cases. Um, and, you know, there's a few here and there that, that, that are, you know, are scr- you know, Scrooges and Grinches. But, but overall, everybody's in a given mood at Christmas. Um, but the, the most amazing thing about Christmas is that God himself came down as man to earth. He didn't, he didn't send a messenger. He could have sent a messenger. He, you know, yeah, well, he sent Jesus, but Jesus, was, Jesus is God too. The Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. He sent himself down in the form of a human as his son to come deliver a message to redeem us, to save us. I th- you know, and, you know, and he didn't send nobody to go. He said, I want to go do this. If I had a bunch of ants on stage... And over here was some poison, you know, the, the ant killer. And over here was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I could tell the ants, hey, guys, you, you need to go this way. This is the way to go, right? But they're probably not going to listen to me. But the easiest way for me to let these ants know that the peanut butter jelly's over there, don't go to the destruction, is for me to become an ant. And if I become an ant, I can say, hey, dude, I've seen things y'all hadn't seen before. I was way up above, and I, I, I come down to tell you, man, it's peanut butter and jelly here. You choose which way you want to go, but I'm telling you, death is that way, and life is over here, right? And that's what Jesus did. That's what God did. He's like, man, I got to go down there and become a man and walk among them and show them what it's all about. Jesus was born in a manger, and I seen it, somebody put a picture on it, maybe somebody um, had a picture of the feeding trough, and I should have had one, but it, it's, do you know the feeding trough is not these beautiful little stubble and hay little, little troughs? Do you know that it was a stone, and it was actually a feeding trough and a watering trough? That he laid in. He was laid in stone, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, what's so cool is that they use it as a feeding trough, right, and a watering trough, and Jesus is 
the living water and the bread of life. <laughs> Is that not cool? You know, he, he, he came as bread and water, food and, and drink and thirst, right? And so it's really cool that, that he came as that. And he came as a baby, you know. And when we come to God, we need to come as a baby. You know, how does a baby come? And that's a whole other message. But, but, but he, he comes um, needy as a dependent, on, uh, totally dependent on somebody else to help them, lead them, guide them, direct them, Right? And, and if anything's ever wrong, you go to daddy, right, and your protector, and he says it's going to be all right. And as a child, when daddy says it's going to be all right, oh, okay. You know, there's no monsters under your bed. Oh, okay. You know, when, when daddy says it, and we got to come to God the same way. When he says, look here, I got you, everything's going to be okay, trust me. We need to come to God just like a child comes to his dad and his mom for protection and for love and nurturing and all that and know that God is the one that's going to give it to them. But there was, there was about seven or so prophecies. If you read Matthew 1 and 2 um, or Luke 1 and 2, you'll find the Christmas story. I encourage you to, to read those this week um, and read the different ways that they, they present the Christmas story. And then, I, again, like I said, on Thursday night, I will read it to you as well but, um, in a kind of different format. But, it's, but um, the first, in each one of those prophecies, seven prophecies or so, there was a word that, that was really prophetic in each one of those times. So at Christmas, I feel like there's like seven words that, that really should stand out to us of what Christ can do for us in our life as Christians. And the first one is really simple. It is um, uh, salvation. The first word. Matter of fact, the whole reason for salvation is, is I mean, the whole reason for Christmas is salvation. That's why Jesus came. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Save us, right? That's, that's, that's what's most important. Um, and Zacharias was John the Baptist's father. And this was who this, this um, prophecy was given to. And, and it's really cool that Zacharias was up in age, and whenever an angel told him that he was going to have this, this child, John the Baptist, um, he didn't believe it. And the angel of God made him mute. And he was mute, you know, because he, he started off right before he got, became mute. He says, wait a second, how can we have a baby? I'm old, and my wife is well advanced in age. Now, gentlemen, that's one of the smartest men in the Bible besides Solomon. I'm old, but she's well advanced in age. She didn't say we old. You know, he said, I'm old, but she's well advanced in age, right? You know, but but so so but but he but so he became mute, and then um, you know, and Mary was told that she was going to have a child, and and um, Abraham was told that he was going to have a child with him and Sarah. Neither they both believed the angel, and they but 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 Zacharias didn't believe it. He became mute, and then they were sitting around talking about names, and 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 uh, Zacharias knew the. Uh, the name that the angel said, and it was John. John, And so he wrote it on a piece of paper. And so on a piece of paper, he wrote it down and said, his name will be John. And at that moment, he became unmute. He became unmute at that moment. Okay? And so um, I want to read to you um, Luke chapter 1, 67, 69, 76, and 77. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And you, child, um, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go um, before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. And, you know, John the Baptist came before the Lord and, and, and told everybody, Hey, there's a Messiah coming. He's coming. He's coming. But it says also to give knowledge of salvation. 
to his people by the remission of their sins. The reason he said that Christ is coming, the Messiah, was for salvation, for the remission of your sins. And we got to remember that Christmas, number one, yes, it's about Jesus, but it's about he came, Jesus came for salvation. Um, that's the main message. And, and well, how about the word, you know, we say it's all about, it is about Jesus. Jesus is in the Greek, you know, and the Hebrew in the Old Testament, um, it was Yeshua. And then they, they changed and put a J on it, which made, kind of made it Joshua, you know, and that J changed, changed it from just salvation to, to, to God or Jehovah. And so when you say Jesus, you're really saying, when you're looking at the Greek and Hebrew together of what the, the premise of what they wanted you to understand was, I am God, your salvation. So that's just beautiful. So when you say Jesus, you're, you're saying that he is my God, my salvation. It's all about salvation. The second one was given to Mary, and it was called um, favor. And the only one that's in order that of, of importance or what have you is, is salvation is number one. The rest of them you can interchange. But favor was given to Mary in Luke chapter 1, 28 through 30. And it says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered, What manner of greeting is this? You know, and then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Whenever Christ comes in our life, he came in in her. Um, but when Christ comes in our life, we have favor. Favor in, in the New Testament is in the Greek is charis, K-A-R-I-S. And, and it really means grace. Favor really means grace. It's, and six times it's only translated favor. 130 times it's translated grace. If you go all the way back to the Old Testament, when it said Noah found favor with the Lord, it was Noah found grace in the Lord. And so um, it, it's a, Christmas is a time of grace and, uh, and of just grace and, and um, unmerited favor. And, you know, and that's why whom his favor rests on us. Favor is also where we get the word favorites from. You know, and, 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 and God has every one of us as his individual favorites. You know, you always hear me say that, you know, it's on the back door as you leave. You know, you are my masterpiece. That's a favorite. A masterpiece is your favorite piece of art. You know, it makes no, we, we cannot comprehend how you can have that many favorites. Normally, you're my favorite. You're my favorite. You know, I got two or three favorites at the most. But, but with, with, with God, every one of us is his favorites and his favor rests on us. No, I can number the next one is blessed or blessed. It was a word that was given to Elizabeth, which is Zacharias' um, wife in Luke chapter 139 through 42. Now Mary in those days, arose in those days, and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted um, Elizabeth. And it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed or blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told from her by the Lord. So whenever Mary came in and greeted her with Jesus in her belly, you know, the, the babe in Elizabeth's um, belly, which was John the Baptist, he leaped. And she was filled with the Spirit. And so the thing is, is that, that, that when Jesus walks in a room, there should be excitement in a room. 
It should cause people to move, to, 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 to be excited in themselves because of that. And you are blessed because of that. The Greek word in, in, in um, the, um, the scriptures is makarios, which means happy. Jesus brings happiness. But the thing is, it's just not happy. Happy is based on a happenstance. Happiness, like, just like the Beatitudes, I, when I preached on that, I tell you, to be happy with, with Jesus is to be fully satisfied. That is the happiness that he brings. When, so when he says, blessed are you when you have Christ in your life, he's saying, fully satisfied are you when you have Christ in your life. But see, there's a lie that the enemy tells Christians is that you can't be happy and that you'll never be happy. Uh, you know, that you, won't, that you won't be fully satisfied. And that's a lie of the enemy. That the enemy tries his very best to tell us that when things happen in our life, that you're, you're not going to be happy. Look where you're at right now. You're down, you're depressed, you're out. You'll never be happy again. But that's a lie straight from hell, from the, from the enemy, telling, telling us that, that we won't be happy. Because we will, because with Christ, he brings that happiness to us. In Acts chapter 3, verse 26, it says, to you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you, to fully satisfy you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. He came to bless you, fully satisfy you by saving you from your sins, right? Here's the next one, guidance. This is a word that was given to Joseph. Joseph really was guided by the Lord and the angel um, in, in Matthew 1, 19 and 20. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you the word. For Herod um, will seek the, excuse me, the young child to destroy him. Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in um, a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and the mother, and came to the land of Israel. But when he got there, Archelaus was reigning over um, Judea instead of his father Herod, and so he was afraid to go there. So being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside and went to the, to the region of Galilee. And then he came and dwelt there in a city um, in, called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Now, beware, on Thursday night, I will not talk this fast, because i got to go with the music, and i got to be slow. Okay, so, but there was a lot there. But, but my point is, did you see, did you see where, where the angel just kept right on it, right, directing him? Okay, go here. Do this. Hey, they're trying to kill Jesus. you got to go. Hey, go over here. Okay, now you're in the clear. Go. Wait, now, now his, his, his son is in charge. You know, you don't, don't, don't go there. Go over here. Go to Galilee. You see how over and over and over? Listen, there's a GPS system that, that we have when we have Christ in our life, and that's God's positional system, that he will direct us and guide us and lead us. He'll tell you where to go, where to leave, where to, where to go, where, what to do, what decisions to make. There is guidance in you according to what, what he did to, to Joseph. That was an example that we can be guided and directed by God and he is our God you know and we don't have to be upset um, and, and, and anxious in life about what to do because God will guide us if you seek him you will find him and if you have a desire if you say God I'm reading my Bible when I can I pray as much as I can I'm doing what I can to serve you I go to church I'm faithful God and I need to know some guidance he's not going to say eh Okay, maybe you're on your own. No, when you come to God and you ask Him, what does the Scripture says? If your child asks for some bread, are you going to give him a stone? You know, if when you're going to God and say, God, I need guidance. If you seek Him and you're truly seeking Him, you're trying to do the right things, you're trying to live right. 
There's no question, 100%, He will guide you. And you know what? And typically, if you really are doing all these things, you're, you're trusting God, you're praying, you're reading, you're, you're going to church, you're faithful, you're doing what you can, then probably you're where you're supposed to be at. Because what happens, if you're being guided, you, you, God is guiding you, and he's let, he, you're, wherever you're at is where you're supposed to be. And then as you go and wherever you, as you lead, he will lead you and guide you. If you're off the path a little bit, he'll guide you back on. But you're probably in the will of God if you really want to be. Because if you ask for it, that's what God's going to do. You're not going to ask him, God, I want to be in your will. And he's like, well, you better figure that out then. That's just not God. God's like, I want you in my will. I want you to do right. I want you, and you're serving me. You're doing all the things I ask you to do, and I want to guide you. And he will warn you, even if it's in a dream. You know, back in the biblical days, God talked to them audibly a lot. That doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. It does sometimes, but very rarely. Um, he talks to them in dreams. That happens sometimes. It, it happens more often than him talking to us um, uh, audibly, but he may talk to you in a dream. But he has given us, in the beginning, John 1 says, in the beginning was a word, the word was with God, and the word was God. This is the word. This is God. This is, the word is Jesus. Every, life is in this Bible. And if you need a word, man, there, there, there's, there's a the whole Bible is full of words for you. And if you really need guidance and direction, this is where you're probably going to find it. Through, through this and through prayer. And through 100 days of glory. <laughs> um, and so this is what it means that, that he will bless our family. And the next one is joy. This word came to the shepherds. Okay, to a group of people in, in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy to all people. Joy in the Greek is kara, C-H-A-R-A, and it means, I love this, the cause of joy. The reason for joy. We say the, you know, the reason for the season of Jesus. Well, literally it is. Because when he says he came, he came to bring joy. and it's to, he, he came to cause joy. He came to be the reason for joy. Jesus is the reason for the season. And, and joy does not, is not based on circumstances either. It's kind of like happiness. You know, Paul says, I'm going to be happy and joyful in whatever circumstance I'm in. It doesn't matter what you're in, you can be joyful. Um, James chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, you know, it says, When you enter in temptations and trials, consider it all joy. Well, how can I do that? Because I know that God's working it all for the good. Yes, the enemy came. Yes, God allowed the enemy to do something. But the reason he allowed it to happen is to make you better, stronger, and faster. To make you to make, to rebuild you to re, to renew your mind. The only reason God allows anything negative to happen in your life is to make you better, to make you stronger. That's why He allows that to happen. That's why it does because He came to to to, to turn everything around. The enemy meant for bad and turn it for good. And it amazes me how the Satan never takes a break though. Anytime that any Amen. Anytime something bad happens in your life. Oh, my God, you ever heard of it rains, it pours, you know? Is that not, does it not feel like that way when the enemy? When the enemy comes down and gets you depressed a little bit, you get down, you get out, you, 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 something bad happens in your life, all of a sudden, like, two or three other things happen, and you're like, really, Lord? Have I not had enough yet? I mean, gosh, I'm, I've been through hell, it seems like, and now this and this and this. 
And God's like, hey, this enemy is busy. And, you know, but, and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I come to bring life and life more abundantly. And I will turn all this around for your good. And we don't understand that because we have um, little, little finite minds. But God is infinite in his wisdom. And we got to say, you know what? This is happening. It's just like a roller coaster and it's up and down. And this is happening and this is happening. I don't know how much more I can take. Well, that's why scripture says, cast your cares upon the Lord for I care for you. Keep casting, keep casting every single day, every single minute. Lord, I give this to you. I can't take this. This is out of my ability. This is out of my control. This is too much. This is depressing. And God, I need your peace. I need your hope. I need your, 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 your blessing. And I need, I need saving from the situations that are in my life. And the enemy tries so hard to come and attack you and attack you and attack you. And once he sees that you're down, then he just like loves to try to pull at you. And you got to stand up and realize that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, it's supposed to be a, 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 a joyous time of the year, but a lot of times, you know, the spirit is good, but a lot of times there's a lot of depression and anxiety and fear during this time because of health and wealth, financial crisis and, and death and all these different things that comes. But Christians are the only ones who can legitimately grieve and rejoice at the same time. You know, because, because you know, he, he turns it over for our good, and he says, I, you know, you have something that other people don't have. And if they're not a Christian, you know, I understand them grieving and being depressed. But you have, you have Christ in your life. So, yes, you can, you can grieve, but you can rejoice at the very same time. Because of the fact that God is your Father, and Christ is here, and he's going to be with you, and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So, yes, we can grieve, but we can also rejoice. And remember that joy, J-O-Y, is Jesus, others, and you, if you truly want to max out your joy potential. And then the next one is, the word is redemption. This is given to Anna, the prophetess, at the, at the, uh, the temple in Luke chapter 2, 36-38. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phineal, um, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. Okay, so what basically means, a lot of times in, in the Bible, they would get married when they were like 14, 15 years old a lot of times. Um, and so, so that means, so 14, 15, and then seven years, so she was 21, 22 years old probably. It says, and then this woman was a widow for about 84 years. So you're talking about 104, 105 years old that this lady is. And did not depart from, who did not depart from the temple, and God ser and, and, but got served with God, fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in an instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to all of those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And so she's 104, 105 years old. And, and, you'll, you, and you see, we talk about Simeon here in a minute. Um, and, and he was 112, according to tradition. And he's an elder gentleman. He's my next point. But so he's 112. She's 104 or 5. And she's at the temple loving people, telling people about Jesus. So I'm here to tell all my Oasis people in here and all, all my older generation, that, that old, older adult still in service, that no matter how old you are, God still can use you. And he has a plan for you. And you're important to him. Okay? And so that, so that redemption, redemption, to means to, that deem means to buy, right? To buy or to purchase. Or, and then redeem means to repurchase or rebuy. Does that sound familiar to what's going on here? Because the Adam and Eve were bought by God and then they gave themselves to the enemy. And so then Christ had to come back and say, I want to repurchase them with the sacrifice of my life. If you read Hosea 1, 2, and 3, you'll find a really weird scenario that some of y'all may not even know about. Do you know that, that God told this guy named Hosea 
to go take a, a, a prostitute. She was a harlot, it says. Go, I want you to go buy this prostitute and make her your wife. Take her and let her be your wife. That's how it says it at the beginning in, in, in Hosea 1. It says, go take her to be your wife. And so he took her, and then he had kids. They had like three kids. Then she left him and went back to be a prostitute again into the harlot. She left him. And then God says, I want you to go get her again. Go buy her and love her. This time it says, the first time it says, go, go, go buy her and take her. This time it says, go buy her and love her. And so here she is. She's over here in sin. And he, he, brought, he, he bought her, brought her in. She left him. And he went back and bought her again, which is a great story of redemption that, that whenever you, when you fall from God and you're not, you're not in Christ's life and you choose, yes, we're securing God, but we can choose to take our hand, jump out of God's hands. God's not going to hold us and choke us and say, no, 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 you got saved. Now you can't never backslide. But we can choose to turn against God, right? And when we do that, you know, God's like, I'm going to keep chasing you. I'm going to keep coming after you. And what you were like, you were like a harlot. You were prostituting yourself to sin, to other gods, to iniquity, to all these other things in, in this world. And I want to buy you back. And it's a beautiful picture of God and Israel because Israel left God and he bought them back. And also it's a beautiful picture of us and God that, that when we were in sin, that Christ bought us with his blood to, to bring us back, and we were like lost sheep. Hey, man, that's wonderful. Isn't that, so, isn't that amazing that you could talk, that, that you could take a story, and you can hear something about a prostitute like that, and it turns out so, the story's so beautiful? You know, you think that's a dirty and nasty thing to talk about, but when you look at it, how, how, how that's, that's what we were. We were prostituted to the world in sin. You know, and, and they, the world was paying us in our flesh uh, of our joy and, and our pleasure of who we are. You know, but Christ said, you know what, accept me and I will buy you back. Luke chapter 2, 25 through 29. And behold, there was a man, this is the last one here, peace, I'm sorry, peace. This is given through Simeon, who I told you tradition says that he was 112. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout. I'm waiting um, for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit to come upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the, Lord, the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit, came by the Spirit, he was led, he was guided by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought up the child Jesus, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to, um, to do for him according to the custom of the law, so they dedicated him to the Lord. That's where we get, this is where we get dedication from. He took him up in his arms and blessed him and said, Lord, now you are letting your, your servant depart in peace. Because see what happened was, was he, had, he had told um, uh, God, and God had told him that you're not going to die until you see the Messiah. You know, so, so he was larger in charge. He was like, I'm not dying until I see Jesus. I ain't seen him yet, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all in. I'm, I, you know, he was able just to just, just really go at it. You know, but you see that he spoke to Anna, which was um, an, uh, 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 Mary, who was very young, Anna and Simeon, who was very old. And then you have the shepherds, which is a group of people. And out of the seven words, he spoke to three men and three women and then a group of people. So you see there's no male and female or Christ in Christ. He speaks to women and to men. And I think it's just wonderful that he told him that, that you're not going to die until you, you um, see the Messiah. And then the Messiah came to the temple. And then he said, now I can die in peace because your words come true. How powerful is that? Go ahead if you come now. 
It's an opportunity for us to know that we can have peace during this season. That it may not, and, and like I said, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this peace because I, talk, I had a whole message on this the other day, but, but I want to remind you that peace, in case you weren't here, peace may not always look like you think it is. We think that peace is no, no troubles, everybody getting along, money in the bank, the job's going well, I have no stress and no anxiety. And that's just not going to happen. You're not going to find that kind of peace until we get to heaven. But you, it is a path, it's not a path to peace. Peace is not a destination where you land. Peace is a process. That's why Scripture says it's a path of peace. That everywhere you go, you're spending time with your family today. That's, that's, that's peace. You know what? I paid most of my bills this month. That's peace. You know, hey, me and my wife are getting along today. You know, this month, this week, this year maybe. You know, you know, and, every, and, you know and everything's peaceful. You know, for a moment, I, my kids are, are not in jail today. You know, you know, whatever it may be, you you go on. You know, and but you can find, but just grab peace and just celebrate that peace wherever you go. God is my Savior. I've got the Word of God. I've got Jesus in my heart. That's peace. I'm going to church on Sunday. That's peace. I'm going to be able to go back and watch. Watch. I'm going to have a hundred days to glory. I'm going to be in God's Word, and I'm going to change my life, and I'm going to become what God wants me to come. And I'm going to take this hundred days, and I'm going to get serious about it, and I'm going to just trust God, and I want to dive in, and I want revival in my life. I want glory in my life, and I'm going to use this hundred days to get to Palm Sunday, so I can celebrate. Easter like I never had before and I'm telling you if I can get a I know everybody's not going to do it but if you can do any of it I appreciate it but some of y'all that could take that 100 minutes a, a, a week that 15 minutes a day and try to really do that man your life will radically change you will walk in a place you've never walked before I promise you and I challenge you as your pastor take this 100 day to glory and 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 use it and stick to it and when you mess up and you miss the day don't beat yourself down. You're, it's okay. You're not going to go to hell because you missed one of the hundred days of glory. Okay? So just go on and say, you know what? Ah, oh, man, you might want to make it up the next day or make it up over the next two or three days or say, you know what, God? Just wipe that from my slate. I'm, I'm going to keep on going. But persistence is going to be good. And persistency. And I want you to know that. And I want you to be at peace during this season. If you're watching this in, in, in here and watch it online, know that it's all about salvation. And I want you to reach out. And, and you ain't got to wait till, till January 1st to start the, the generosity thing. Go, go ahead and begin be, during this season. Go find somebody to be generous to. And, gen, and generosity is not always money. Like I said, the first month in January, the generosity is going to be time. That you give people extra time that you have. And I'm not saying you got to go spend two hours with somebody. Maybe the time that you have for that day is giving somebody an extra 15 minutes of your time that you normally wouldn't have been able to give. Whatever it is. We'll talk more about this later. And I want you to do that because it's going to radically change Kingdom Impact through you. You're going to change Kingdom Impact, not me. I'm going to do it as well. Come back this Thursday night, and, and, and it's going to be an amazing night. We're going to have such a good time. The kids are going to have fun with Santa Claus. We're going to talk to them, you know, but we're going to let them understand that, that you know Santa Claus is fine, but it's all about Jesus. They're going to know that. We're not going to water that down at all. That's not a question. You know. But anyway, we want you to, we want you to bow your hand close your eyes right now. Is there anybody in this room today that would say, Pastor Doug, it's, it's the 19th of December and I'm still going through a super hard time <clears throat> and I would love for Jesus to, to touch me during this season. I'm going through a really hard time, mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever, and I just need Christ to come and help me and minister to me. I need some peace. I need some joy. You know, I need some, re I need some redemptive power to be up in my spirit. You know, I, 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 I just need saving from a situation 
I need joy. I need guidance in a situation. I need some favor. You just raise your hand and say, that's me. I, it's, it's getting ready to Christmas, but I still got some needs I need. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people. I pray that you bless them right now in the name of God. Touch them. God, whatever, whether if it's favor, blessings, guidance, joy, redemption, or peace, God, or salvation, whatever it is in their, in their life that they need right now, God, I pray that you meet their need where they're at and let joy come. And as the enemy keeps trying to come and bombard them, God, continue to turn it around for your, your joy and for your glory and for the good. And Father, help, help them never to give up because in time, that joy will come. We expect God to work it all out for my good today, tomorrow, this week, this year. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time because he knows things that we don't know. And we don't understand why we're going through the trials and tribulations we're going through during Christmas. But it's worth every bit of pain that you're going to go through to get where you're going. Is there anybody here today who's for Pastor Doug? I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. I want to, I want to receive Christ. I want to embarrass you. you. Just lift your hand up. If you want to come back to God, you want to ask Christ back in your life today, and you want to receive Christ back in your life, because maybe you feel like you're away from God. Anybody at all I want to ask you that question? Before I go. Amen, amen. Father, I bless your people in the name of God. Blessings upon them. Favor upon them. Or smile upon them today as they leave here today. Give them peace beyond anything they've ever had. Let them walk in your joy. Let them be reminded of your redemptive power. Let them be reminded of salvation of the Lord. And be blessed, God, by that. We honor you today, Father. And God, even though some of us are going through some hard times and difficult times, God, help us remember that you're going to work it out for the good in your timing. And that if I'll just keep casting my cares upon you, and keep trusting you, and I hang in there, and I don't give up, and I don't quit, it will be worth my while. Even though maybe we don't understand it right now. We don't even see it into it right Matter of fact, we see it right now that it even looks like it's getting worse, Lord. But Father, you are in control, and you got this. Help us just to trust you in the name of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen.